The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. We're the Philadelphia fans. Podcast where we talk sixes, nothing but the sixes, all sixes, good sixes news, bad sixes news, whatever. Got nothing but good news today. We're feeling good. Sixes go to Boston and win game one without Joel Embiid. 45 points by the ageless wonder James Harden. The man who chanted, yes, he did channel his Houston days when he was the MVP, when he was winning scoring titles. He got it done. He got it done. He he did. He definitely got it done. He did what just about everybody said was impossible. He even almost dunked once. (laughs) Almost dunked. Almost Hit but, somebody with the crossover, went right to left to the rim, and he was there. He just, you, you could, if you were in like eighth, ninth grade, you would call that a dunk. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I dunked today. Uh-huh. Like your, but, your your hands were in close oh, proximity out, to the time ring. out, time out, time out. Uh-oh. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Oh boy, you got you got breaking news. You got a Woj bomb. We're starting the show with a Woj bomb. <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers Joel Embiid has been voted the 22-23 NBA Most Valuable Player. There you go. There you go. It's official, fellas. It is official. The MVP is in Philadelphia. First t- first time MVP since. Allen Iverson. That's crazy. That 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, 22 to be exact. Yeah, yeah, I got it in the 01 season. Mm-hmm. And goodness. We I, I wanted to and we'll we will get to game one. We will talk game one, but this 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 is big. When you look at where the Sixers where they came from. I'm talking the last 10 years mm-hmm. of Sixers mm-hmm. basketball. The fact that they took the route that they took and that route brought them a league MVP, a two-time scoring champion. Mm-hmm. Does that make it worth it to you? No. No, because they haven't is it is it strictly because they haven't won a championship? Mhm. Okay. Fair enough. We have to at least get get to the get to a chance. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Because because if you ask me to accept the the lowest of low losing, the lowest point of losing in pro, then the only acceptable payoff is, is the highest point of winning. Fair enough. 
because they were in first, second round purgatory before the play, before the process. Yeah. So if we still end up in first, second round purgatory with some hardware, was that worth six, seven years of having bad basketball? But you got you got stars like uh, like Robert Covington, um, the T.J. McConnell era. Gerald Henderson, don't forget Gerald. Gerald Henderson, Henderson, uh, Jared Bayless, um, Tony Roten, Tony Roten, of course, Isaiah Cannon, Ish Smith. Ish Smith. You got great players. Like you got players. There were guys on the team like that. Mm -hmm. But but nonetheless, it is still a feel good moment. Dario Sarge, let's not. We got to get some love to Dario. Dario was good. Yeah, Dario was solid. Dario, solid. Was, Dario was was close to solid. I mean, oh, yeah. Dario was close to solid, and he you were able to use him to bring back a quality player that we all probably wish was still here right now. Mm -hmm. So for that, you know, I can't be too mad at Dario. I think nah, he, Dario could play ball. He wasn't, Dario, his, yeah. he wasn't the most athletic guy in the world, but he, but he, he knew play. how to play. Mm -hmm. He knew his role. Yeah. And knew what he could do well, and didn't go past his his, exactly. past his means. But but nonetheless, as you said, Joel Embiid is the league MVP. Much deserved. Do you agree with this decision? Oh, absolutely. I don't know how we could have rationalized it going to anyone else this year. Mm -hmm. Well, we had uh, we had Ag Anthony Gilbert on the show mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And he had pointed out he just didn't think that the NBA would give it to Jokic to, and make him a three-time league MVP yeah. because of because of the historic context. Exactly. But nonetheless, he was in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Also in the conversation was Giannis. Would you have been Would you have been upset if Giannis w was voted MVP? No. No. That would not have bothered you. You would. You would have understood that. You would have accepted that decision. And to be fully honest, of all of, of the past three years, this also probably would have been the year I'd have been most okay with a vote for Jokic because this team actually finished with the number one seed. Yeah. yeah. Winning still matters to me in the MVP vote. Mm -hmm. I know it's yeah. become an analytics award, but it, for me, it's still winning, still matters. No, no, I, I, I agree with you, and I guess honestly, but had that been the case this year, it probably would have bothered me more about the couple of other years that Embiid did not win mm -hmm. because you mm -hmm. give it to Jokic this year when Denver is the number one seed, but you didn't give it to Embiid when the Sixers were the number one seed. Oh, uh, I agree. You know, and so, it, like, to, to me, it Embiid losing to Jokic had a bad taste in my mouth. You give it to Jokic this year for, mm -hmm. the, you know, for reasons like that, that it, it's almost. Oh, I understand. Like, like, it's like putting the hypocrisy right mm -hmm. there. Like, we're not even going to hide it anymore. We, you know, we just going to give it to Jokic because that's who we like. That's our guy. Right. I understand. Like, 
that you couldn't go, switch to the number one seed logic this year, mm-hmm. having gone away from it the last two years. Yep. Actually, the last several years was Russell Westbrook when he got his was nowhere near a number one seed. Mm-hmm. Well, I think well, well, Jokic well, got two being nowhere, not being the number one seed yeah. or top two, top three seed even for any of these guys. Mm-hmm. So I would eventually like to see it go back to best player, best best team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even if, even if you take it back to the last six, or you take it to Allen Iverson, where were they when he got the number when he got league MVP? They, they were number, were one, seed number one seed in the East, and honestly, had they they rested they rested starters to mm-hmm. end that season, they could have had the number one seed. Uh, they could have been the number one team in all of basketball that season, and, and, and the number one team in all of basketball that year was a loaded roster top to bottom, whereas yep. AI was a one-man show yeah. mm-hmm. or perceived to be a one-man show. I don't want yeah. to disrespect any of those other guys that were on the no. team and played hard. They, no, those guys played hard. They did. They, a they, lot did. they did. Absolutely. But Absolutely. the perception was AI was a one-man show versus Shaq and Kobe and Ron Harper and Rick mm-hmm. Fox and all these mm-hmm. guys. So from – you know, you're still looking at a one seed. Might not be the one overall, but we were still looking at a one seed when AI got it. Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, that that is good news. So my question is, does the league MVP play game two? Should I mean, you play the league MVP in game two? I don't see him playing. Mm-hmm. I I think. I think I think I think just because they got that one on Monday, it was just mm-hmm. like, all right, like if they had a loss game one, it'd been like, oh snaps, like he gotta play, like can't go down 0-2. I think the goal was like in any series, right? You try to still home court, take the split. Mm-hmm. And you know, he gets the he gets the they get the split. So now you can rest them and you know, try for game two to just play the best that you can. And then you let him come back home, and when he gets his gets his award, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> come back game three in front of the home crowd, gets his award, gets his MVP trophy. Crowd goes wild. I think they set him. That, that's the smart thing to do. Yeah, no, that ar- is true. no argument. That is that's the, the truth. That is the smart thing to do. <laughs> but allow me to argue the other side, if, if you will. Go ahead, because you always do. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, though, with, with Joel specifically, we've seen with him over the last two seasons, he plays better when he's playing regularly and yeah. in rhythm. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a guy who load management actually did well, did good things for. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs that consistent conditioning. He needs those reps. So. Yep. If, if we feel like he's ready to go or that rest won't get him any healthier, let him play, let him start getting his rhythm. Mm-hmm. If an extra couple days of rest will actually do some good for his health, sit him out. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, for me, let's get back to getting him in rhythm. Because yeah. if he has that game in game two where he struggles to get his form back, so be it. We already stole one in Boston. Mm-hmm. you're playing with house money in game two. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if he's ready to go, put him out there, mm-hmm. let him get rolling. My whole thing has always been in these 
situations, you want to try and win at least one game on the road. Mm -hmm. And you want to try to put yourself in a position where you don't have to – the Sixers should try to put themselves in a position where they don't have to win in Boston again. Right. You take care – you've taken care of business. You've come in and you've beaten them. And you beat them without Embiid. Now, once you win game one, you should get greedy, though. You should mm-hmm. want both. No, yeah. no, ab- absolutely, absolutely, okay. and Ooh. and and I absolutely loved James Harden after the game. Everybody's mm-hmm. out there on the floor celebrating. Oh, dude, dude. no, nah, it's just one mm-hmm. game. It's just one right. game. Let's sit there. You know, let, come on. Let, let's Job's not I love that. You know, mm-hmm. and and I feel like what we have seen so far in this playoffs is that move to try and bring in some more grittier veterans starting to play off and start, starting to pay off. You see uh, PJ Tucker getting in Paul Reed's face. <laughs> and you, you, saw, you saw the video, you, you saw, saw you, know, that, 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 you know, and, and, and honestly, that's what they need. And you sit here and you look at, you look at the makeup of game one. We, you and I, the, the three of us, you know, the three of us have been doing this together now for a couple of years. We have watched a lot of basketball together for mm-hmm. a couple of years. I ask you, honestly, does a 21-22 team win that, a game like that? Does a 20-21 team win a game like that? No. <laughs> Boston came in with shooting the lights out. It looked like Bo- I thought Boston was going to go into the fourth quarter shoot ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Can I be honest? Go ahead. What's up? The fact that Boston shot that well and still lost suggests to me that they may not have been fully engaged, knowing that Embiid was out. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're, if you're up, if you're shooting that kind of percentage, you should be up fifteen twenty points. Mm-hmm. Yep. But turnovers and somewhat lax defense allowed the Sixers to shoot a very pretty high percentage as well. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers had what, half the turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think so. Boston has some things that if they clean up that that actual because they exposed Philly's perimeter defense. Let's let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and they exposed the fact that Embiid wasn't there on the at the mm-hmm. room to protect it. Yep. Yep. They just didn't do anything at the other end to actually win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to share a tweet with you guys. I want to get your opinion on it. This is from my man, Brian Brennan from NBC sports, Philadelphia mm-hmm. said this Celtics team has shown over and over that they are a mentally fragile group and tend to crumble in tight spots, especially when they're supposed to win. Sixers absolutely have a chance to come home with a two Oh lead tomorrow night. Mentally, we I can't go to mentally that's, weak part and crumble. A, a, yeah, yeah, mentally fragile is strong. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. can't go like, there just because they made that deep run last year. Right, now like, I did. Now I did see that stat where they said like I think Windhorse brought it up like last year in the playoffs. They think they had like fifteen or more turnovers. They were like one and eight, and then mm-hmm. like the turnover, like Mike mentioned, the turnover issue reared his ugly head. And when you do that, you can't. You, you you leave a team like we see in March Madness, right? I hate to mix the analogy, but like March Madness, right? We don't put that team away. You leave them to linger. They start to build confidence. They start to feel like, oh, it was might it, be able to beat them. It, it felt like it was up until the fourth quarter. Up until not even not even 
throughout the fourth quarter. It was a game of seven-point runs. Celtics go up seven. Sixers come back, tie the game, get put, you know, get within back and you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But it seemed like the Celtics never took that opportunity. They never just stepped on a neck and just crushed them. And just kept them in kept them in the game. You look at James Harden and Jones, you and I have talked about this now for about three weeks now. His lack of finish at the rim. His lack mm-hmm. of lift in his in his legs. But he's making but you talked about we talked about everything else that has been working. And I felt like he played to that. He was hitting those mid-range jumpers. He was he getting finished, open. He finished some in the in the in the lane in game one, honestly. Yeah, right. he, he finished. He finished enough to you know to to free up some other people to to make plays and it can to keep them in the game. He did everything. I, I'll say this: have the fact that they swept Brooklyn and mm-hmm. those, got those days of rest. I think they did that did hard and well. Mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. we'll see how his legs hold up as the series the goes. Yeah, but hopefully you'll have Embiid to take pick up some of that slack as the series goes. But for game one, I think those those days of rest were crucial for a guy like yep. James Harden. Yep. What do you guys think about Paul Reed? The kid can rebound. <laughs> <laughs> he can rebound with some with, with some motivation. Mm-hmm. Once he got once he got motivated, once PJ Tucker got in his face a little bit, he was, you know, he he he, he did his job, but also. Oh, love the fact the kid had ice in his veins down the stretch. Hit those four free throws after not go, go, you know, not going to the line all game. That was mm-hmm. clutch. Love that from the kid. Love that mentality. I feel like he's one of those. Paul Reed to me kind of represents yeah. that that last. Had, he was three or four from the field with thirteen re, with what. 10 points and 13 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Four for four from the free throw line, big ones down the stretch. Yep. Paul Reed represents that last chance at finally seeing Doc give a young guy some play. You know, yeah. we've talked about the players in the past that the Sixers have had that have that just sitting there like, why can't this guy get some burn? Why can't this guy get on the get on the court? And then they go out somewhere else and prove their worth. And Paul Reed is that last guy mm-hmm. that you're just like, all right, you know, fi- finally you're watching Doc. You know, I, I felt like, you know, Maxie was Maxie was the exception. You know, Maxie was somebody who came in, got minutes almost automatically, and stayed first round you know, pick. Yeah, first round <laughs> pick, and stayed on and stayed on the court. Because honestly, yes, he was a first-round pick, but he was low enough that if he came out and struggled, he'd been right there next to uh, B-Ball Paul. I mean, we saw it happen, remember? His first playoff run and when Simmons was having his little <laughs> issues at the line and Doc wasn't so, like, let's put him in there. It was kind of like, no, we're still going to give Simmons the rope to kind of mm-hmm. do what he do and not let the young kids step on his territory. So you're right. You're right. Paul Reed does represent that. You know, and I mean, gotta... let's be honest. If Ben Simmons had not decided against Atlanta in a playoff game that instead of dunking the basketball, he wanted to retire. If he hadn't in that moment decided to retire from playing basketball, we still that was the moment he that, that was the moment he realized he was done. 
Yeah, he had, that moment, had the ball he in his head, basket right there. And he decided he didn't want to play basketball like, anymore. You know what? I think I'm good. I, th- I think I've done enough. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah, no thank you. So if, if Ben Simmons had not decided to retire in that moment, we still may not know what, how good Max he could have been. Yeah, he, he, he was thrust into that situation because mm-hmm. of the things that happened with the Ben Simmons situation. Came into camp, didn't practice, not practice. I'm here, I'm not here. My back, mm-hmm. uh, mental health, all sorts of stuff. So, like, they were still constructed as a roster for Ben Simmons to play heavy minutes that season. Mm-hmm. And situation determined demanded that Maxi play more. But had that not happened with Doc Rivers, Maxi still might have been seeing 10, 15 minutes again. Mm, that's true. That is true. That's true. So looking looking ahead, got game two on Wednesday. Realistically, can Lightning strike twice? Can they go up to Boston and get two? Do they need Embiid to get two? You would like to have them. <laughs> you would like to have them. <laughs> It'd be um, nice. You're right. It'd be nice to have. <laughs> yeah. I think it's possible. I also think it's unlikely that they yep. that we win game two. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I think Boston at home comes out with a much higher degree. Le- degree level of focus and intensity mm. in this game. If they don't, if they go down 0-2 at home, looking at the prospect of Embiid returning to the series, already having a two games to done lead, if that, that's not a situation Boston wants to see themselves in. So, yeah, I expect them to come out doing everything they can to win game two. Yeah, you're going to see uh, – you're definitely going to see – a focused team, a focused Boston team, right? You know, probably, you know, an embarrassed Boston team. You know, that's still, they still have that core, uh, core of, of guys that, that have been there before, been to a champ, you know, coming off of an Eastern Conference championship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was easily probably their most embarrassing loss of the postseason. So you're going to get them at their best. You're going to see them at their best. And when you look at it, you know, it you're looking at possible, you know, really a defensive tweak. They shot the ball well. It's not like they came out there and got blown out in the game. They were, you know, they played well enough to win that game, but the Sixers made shots down the stretch. Yeah. They didn't crumble. They didn't, they didn't like you know, every exactly. like every time the Celtics went up seven eight right mm-hmm. the Sixers mm-hmm. the kept Sixers punching they kept punching back and punching mm-hmm. back and Boston probably felt like why is these guys like not folding right because mm-hmm. I think Al Horford said something to along the lines of the effect of like saying like we didn't let we didn't like make the Sixers fill us right and mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to see too right like they're going I think they're going to make a point to like go inside the paint and like force mm-hmm. the issue. Because yeah, I know. think they got they got lost and in trouble with settling for so many perimeter jump shots in that second half. It's like the Celtics have no answer. Really, don't have a, a an answer for Joel Embiid. 
But they absolutely have an answer for Paul Reed. Yep. You know, Montrez Harrell, if you want to put, you know, you want to give him some minutes, whoever the Sixers decide to put in the center, they have an answer for that. And nonetheless, whether whether they have an answer for Joel Embiid, the Sixers still have no answer for Tatum and Brown. So that's what the Sixers have to to look forward to. That's what that's what's coming at them on Wednesday. They proved on Monday that they're not necessarily intimidated by that. You saw you saw a mentally tough team, and you saw a team with their best player hitting shots when you needed him to hit shots. And you're going to need that again on on Wednesday, especially if Embiid's once again on the bench. Like I said, I expect Boston to play better defense in game two, and I expect them to be a little sharper and reduce their turnovers in game two. So I'm going to need a little more from others on Philadelphia's roster. Mm -hmm. Others like who? Maxie is, Maxie had a better game than what he's been doing. Mm. He came into that game averaging 8.2, I believe, against the Celtics in his career. Mm. So he he beat his average, but there's room for Maxie to improve. Um, I feel bad even saying this, but Tobias could go for 25 plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, cause and I, I'm happy with the level of consistency con- Tobias r- continues to show us. Mm-hmm. But if he decided he wanted to have a big, like a big explosive game this in this series, game two would be the game to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 18 points for Tobias on Monday. 26 points for uh, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Melton comes off the bench for 17. That was mm-hmm. huge. Would yep. love to see that again. Mm-hmm. Would love to see that again. Yeah, Melton's that, five threes were huge. Yeah. George Niang got three. In fact, <laughs> Niang with three. And Melton. Contributes to their bench. Bench gives you 20 points. We just talked about what Melton gave you. So, Niang had three. Melton had 17. That's your bench points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Niang, Niang going to need to give you a little bit more. A little gonna need bit to, more. Little if he can give you nine, if he give you nine tomorrow, that'd be cool. Even McDaniels, if he can get something offensive. But defensively, I thought he was fine. Defensively, yeah. I thought he did fine. But, once again, still need that from Melton. I'm not qu- I think it's slightly un- unrealistic to expect a game like that on the road, two games in a row, but still you hope he contributes. But I agree with you. I would love to see, you know, that, that explosive game from Harris, you know, another and game maybe, like this from maybe uh, George Diane could hit three, four threes. Yeah. That could He's happen. capable of that. He could do it. He could do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the end, it, you know, it is, it is what it is. I think, I, I would love to see it. Love to see somehow you you come back to Philly up 2-0. That would be great. With all the confidence. And then, you know, I, I think that 
that really change that changes a lot of things. You come home to you come home up to O. That changes everything because I think there's still a lot of people who just didn't give Philly a chance. You know, there was a lot of here we go again when you see Joel and B getting hurt late in a playoff series and then having to start the next playoff series on the bench in street clothes. So if you're able to change that narrative, come home with the the league MVP getting the trophy in your build in your building to a capacity crowd on Friday night, it's gonna be awesome. You know, it's gonna be a good thing. Uh, real quick before we let you go, uh, just went surfing around the league. Guy we talked about last week, Dylan Brooks said it. Memphis just gave him uh, gave him the Craig Mack. Called him in the office, said, hey, bro, you won't be around next year. Said, uh, thanks with no thanks. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. To the shock of absolutely nobody. Yeah. Because that is that, that is what it is. And, you know, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll get another job. You know, I, I think he'll. But I just don't want I don't wherever he goes, wherever he ends up, don't want to hear hear him make himself out to be the martyr, make himself out to be, oh, this, you know, no one understands me. Oh, you painted this picture of me. You made me into, and it's like, no, man, just own it. Hey, I was talking crap, and the best play, and one of the greatest players of all time just embarrassed me in a playoff series. You know, that, that's what I want to see. Also, Denver up 2-0 on Phoenix. CP three's hurt again. Mm-hmm. I mean, Likely off for the rest of the series. That. Yeah, when, yeah. Like that. That was always the thing with Phoenix. They have no depth, so you're depending on those big three guys, Booker, Durant, and Paul, to play big minutes. And between Durant and Paul, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. Exactly. It's the odds say one of them is going to. Get injured. It is. Yep. Let's see. When uh, the Lakers Lakers Warriors series comes out the West, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But remember, we talked about this when we had AG a couple weeks. I told you these young teams they don't win. You don't trust Denver, mm-hmm. and we talked about Phoenix not having any depth. So when we went through it, it kind of linked towards, despite the seeding. Mm-hmm. Those two teams really be the best two built teams for a playoff team in the West. The Lakers, I mean, the Warriors were getting Andrew Wiggins back, yep. and the Lakers post dread post trade deadline were a completely different team than what they were prior mm-hmm. to that. Javon, let me ask you how how much of a chance do you give the Lakers to beat the Warriors? Can like can this Lakers team beat this Golden State team? Yeah, they can. I think we we saw it when they obviously made the new additions. Like latter latter half of the year, they were able to beat them. I think they beat them like three straight times. So they obviously can. The question for the Lakers is right. Like, can you can can you depend on your bench like you did back in the back in the Grizzlies series? Right. Like Rui Hachimura had some big games for them. Um, 
you know, Russell had a big game six from that kind of like propelled them, you know, outside of, you know, LeBron and AD is going to be what can the role players do in that series mm-hmm. against them? Because you know what Steph is going to do. You know what Clay's mm-hmm. going to do. You know what Wiggins is going to do, right? I think for the Lakers also, you want to see, you know, you you hope you get a better LeBron performance because even though LeBron played well in that series, he averaged 22 and 11, which isn't bad, right? For a player mm-hmm. at 38, that's not horrible. But <laughs> you're going to need a little bit more to beat mm-hmm. this Golden State team. Yeah. Uh, so it's possible. It's just going to come down to, you know, can you stop also those Golden State patented runs? Like when they mm-hmm. go on these runs, can you try to slow that down? And can you make shots at the end of the day, right? Can Russell make shots? Can Austin Reeves make shots? And can mm-hmm. Rui continue to be that six man off the bench for him? I hear you real quick. Who you got in this? Uh, who you got in this Miami uh, New York series? Well, Jimmy Butler's out tonight, out mm-hmm. for game two. If he's not playing, he's not healthy. You got to go Knicks. Mm-hmm. But if Jimmy Butler, if this is the only mm-hmm. game he misses, and he comes back and he's able to go at full strength i like the heat in that series and let me let me be concise and quick i like the warriors over the lakers mm-hmm. um couple things i think andrew wiggins with fresh legs is going to make lebron work a 38 year old lebron work a whole lot harder than he wants to work in this series mm. and who's garden step to <laughs> nobody nobody yeah you're asking Austin Reeves and Dennis Schroeder to guard Steph? Is that what you're telling me? Somebody's Austin, gotta do it. Austin Reeves is going to try. He's going to try <laughs> yeah. hard. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to try. Somebody's got to take one for the team. <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, there's a lot of basketball. We will try and get back with you guys on Thursday to talk a little bit more with you guys. Uh, thanks, thanks for watching. Remember, follow Javon. It's Javon Ten. Yes. Right. Yes. On Twitter, Javon Ten, and then you can also follow me at Total Sports Live. Remember, you can hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at bitw sports and at Jonesy and Brown. Game two is Wednesday. Game. Uh, three Friday. You know, I think we might have to make another run to that cigar shop. Watch that game. Oh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll definitely talk about that. Javon, you smoke cigars, man. No. I'm just kidding. Oh, man, you need to start, man. Come on, peer pressure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's become me and Josie's thing, man. We, we, we drink, we smoke cigars, and we watch basketball. You know, like some old men with bad habits. It, it, it's what we do. You're, you're, you're probably doing the right thing, staying as far away from us as possible. But Javon, we'll, Javon doesn't have enough gray in his beard yet. <laughs> Not yet. Now, yeah, this will put it there. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely put it there. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening to the uh, 83 to Infinity podcast. Check us out next time. Go Sixers. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more. Go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.